On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla finally makes good on its promise to offer a $35,000 Model 3. But there is a lot more going on than just that this week. Buckle up, there's a lot to get to. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you for episode number 187 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. For March 3rd, 2019, I'm joined by a still chewing on a toy, Daisy the Boxer Puppy. She's uh, still feisty for now. It's it's going to be a feisty show, just there's a lot of energy here, a lot, just a crazy week. One of the most significant weeks in the history of Tesla, and I am not exaggerating on that. It it is. Uh, it has been a major week. You've no doubt heard at least the top level stuff of the thirty-five thousand dollar Model Three finally being offered. I'm going to talk a lot about that. I wanted to start by uh, issuing a correction before we get rolling. So I had tried to look up owner data, just sort of uh, actual community data on the hotline caller that was asking about whether or not a Tesla can jumpstart an internal combustion engine car. And while I didn't concretely say that you could, I still gave out incorrect information and I wanted to retract that and apologize before I get started this week. You definitely cannot jumpstart an internal combustion engine car with a Tesla. From uh, page 165 of the Model 3 owner's manual, quote, caution, Model 3 cannot be used to jumpstart another vehicle Doing so can result in damage, end quote. So I apologize for that error. You guys know I, I do my very best to make sure that I'm giving out accurate information. I really, you know, I pride myself on that. I'm a journalist by trade. So I don't like being wrong, but I'm not afraid to admit what I am, and I want to make sure I get the correct information out there. So I want to thank the uh, Reddit user Dr. Dabbles for uh, very, very just to his credit, his or her credit, very respectfully correcting me on that. I, I really appreciate it. Well, it has been a heck of a Tesla week for everybody, certainly for me. Uh, I got my spoiler and badge on my P3D after nearly seven months of waiting for those. I got my windshield replaced, and I bought full self-driving. For And not only that, for the original $3,000 price not the $4,000 or $5,000 after delivery price. So I'll, I'm going to tell you about all that stuff uh, later on in the show after the massive chunk of news we've got to get to. Let's get started with that right away because this is, this again, huge week, megaton news. The $35,000 Model 3 is here and the rest of the cars pretty well all got cheaper. Let's start with the standard range, though. So it is available effectively now. Deliveries show as two to four weeks if you order one. So uh, the good news here, and by the way, Elon had a media-only call uh, to take some questions. I was unfortunately not even aware of it, let alone invited to it this time, but I did find a transcript of it. So I just read through it just to get a little extra information for this week's show. 
the line waiters, those of you who've had reservations for the last almost three years, you will be prioritized. So you will get your cars first if you get your order in. And those of you, that means the good news here is that those of you who waited in line three years ago will get at least, well, you'll not at least, you will at least, thankfully, get the $3,750 federal tax credit and not uh, the quarter credit of 1875 that are going to be coming up in Q3 and Q4 that that's what it was looking like was going to happen. That's certainly, I had speculated that. Uh, that's just based on everything Elon had said and Tesla had said on the earnings call. It just didn't seem like the standard battery car was that super close to, to being in production. So uh, that's good news, at least. Should should you guys, if, you know, do I wish all of you could have gotten a $7,500 credit? Of course. But this is, uh, the situation being what it is, at least it's something. Now, also, what this also means is that deliveries are going to start in March with two to four week delivery windows starting on the February 28th launch date of this. That means uh, those deliveries will start before the end of Q1, and that will give Tesla something positive to point to in their Q1 results and their Q1 earnings call and shareholder letter. So definitely a win for Tesla in that regard. As for global availability, Elon took to Twitter to say base Model 3 available in Europe in about six months, Asia six to eight months. The latter is contingent on the Shanghai Gigafactory. Uh, Country-specific taxes and import uh, duties mean price may be 25% or more above the U.S. number. So just Elon trying to warn Uh, Global customers that, due to circumstances beyond their control, the price may be a bit higher. Well, what about this standard range battery? What do we know about it? 220-mile range, 0 to 60 time of 5.6 seconds, a top speed of 130 miles an hour. It's worth pointing out uh, there is no sign at all of the dual-motor standard range option that had been mentioned way, way back at the beginning and had had continued to sort of live on in Tesla on Tesla's website for quite a long time. So that is not a thing now. Uh, I'm not sure if it will ever become a thing, but for the time being, no dual motor option on the standard range battery. Now, what the standard range does have is an all glass roof, no metal roof, No, there was a strange little rumor going around, which I never really put any faith in, that there'd be headliner covering up the glass roof in the standard range car. No, it's all all Tesla Model 3s will have the all-glass roof as standard. So the differences, physical differences, other than the, the number of battery cells, so the interior differences then, you've got black cloth seats, Uh, the same pattern uh, cloth door infill panels there, the same ones that are that uh, Alcantara material in the black interior premium and the the white seat material, the synthetic material that's there on the the white interior cars. The standard battery car has an open center console. There are no phone chargers in it. There are four USB ports total. 
but no uh, no phone chargers, and also no covering lid. There's no lid over it. It's just an open thing. Kind of like uh, when they were first doing the original Model S after, like not after, well, I guess it was aftermarket. Not, uh, not third party, but first party aftermarket center console. So sort of similar to that in design. And then the other thing is a basic, just a flat black dashboard trim piece. So meaning no wood grain that you find in the, in the black premium interior or white, you know, ceramic texture style piece that's in the white, uh, black and white premium interior. It's, it's a basic flat black piece. Now there are Model 3 package changes aplenty to discuss here as well. So the standard range, standard interior, $35,000. They, they did in fact deliver the $35,000 car as promised nearly three years ago. That car will have manual seat and steering adjustment, uh, cloth seats and base trim, which I just told you about, basic audio, standard maps and navigation, no traffic, live traffic information on that. And then, as I mentioned as well, the center console with storage, there's not, not no lid for it, and four USB ports. Now, here's something I didn't expect. There is a standard range plus option being rolled out as well that includes a partial premium interior. That car is $37,000 with its base price. So for $2,000 more, you get a 240-mile range battery. That's 20 miles more. You're getting a 0 to 60 time slightly quicker, 5.3 seconds, and a top speed slightly faster as well, 140 miles an hour. If you're wondering what the partial premium interior includes, well, here you go. That's got 12-way power-adjustable heated front seats, so you've got that. Premium seat material and trim, so you've got the nice seats in every way, shape, or form there. Upgraded audio with immersive sound. Still the standard maps and navigation. And you get LED fog lamps on the front of that car. The center console with storage, four USB ports, but it does have the docking for two smartphones. So I want to just press pause right here for a second and offer a bit of what is for now enormous speculation. But if I am correct, this could have significant ramifications on the value of uh, certainly the standard battery car. And that is this. So the standard battery car may very well be a software-locked standard range plus, or perhaps even they might both, the standard range and the standard range plus, could be a, a, a software-locked mid-range. I don't think so, but I do think it, it would seem likely that the standard range itself is, is, uh, could very well be a standard range plus because... Uh, you know, it's just, it's such a small difference that would Tesla really actually manufacture and work into the production line two different batteries that are that similar, a 220-mile battery and a 240-mile battery. So if I'm right, and it is a software-locked two, uh, 240 in that, in that $35,000 standard Model 3, 
That means in a day-to-day driving experience, you can get uh, a lot more uh, practical real-world range in that 220-mile car because you can charge to, quote-unquote, 100%. Because because it's software locked, you're not damaging anything by charging to the actual 100%. And if that's the case, that, I, I, I believe, would be huge in terms of battling the potential range anxiety of new electric vehicle customers. Even charging, so if if the standard battery were its own battery, and it's it's actually, a, that's, that or its entire cell structure is the 220 miles, 90, charging to 90% would put you a bit under 200 miles for your day-to-day range, which I, which I think, you know, would probably make some people consciously or not, a bit nervous. I really believe, you know, that 200-mile mark, that's big to see that on your screen every day that you can go at least 200 miles a day in your car. That's big. Also, if this is, if my hunch is correct here, it would allow Tesla to open up a revenue stream down the road because if people get super comfortable with their cars, you know, because odds are, Many of the standard battery customers, I mean, as many of us are, are going to be completely new to electric vehicles, new to Tesla. So you you bring these people in with the standard battery, and if they get comfortable with their cars, they fall in love with their cars, then maybe they're given the option to, uh, in the future, unlock that 240-mile potential, which, again, as I said, opens up a potential revenue stream. And, and, well, there's, there's one other thing, too. I don't want to make light of this, but... If that if it is software locked, that means people will only end up happier with their cars if, and hopefully this won't happen, but if they find themselves in a natural disaster kind of scenario, such as hurricane season or something like that, where in the past we have seen Tesla automatically unlock the full range of a, of a software locked battery on a temporary basis. So in short, there are a lot uh, of potential ways here, if this is a software-locked battery in the standard battery car, a lot of potential here to surprise, to delight, and to satisfy those standard range customers, of which there are likely to be many, many of them, uh, if, if it is indeed a software-locked 240-mile range battery. So bravo to Tesla, if I'm right about this, if I'm right. I mean, bravo to them regardless. I'll talk about that in a minute, but... Uh, in fact, not to, this is neither here nor there with regard to my little theory, but for his part, Elon took to Twitter to say that he thinks the standard range plus is the best bang for your buck. He said, quote, best choice for most people is standard range plus with autopilot. And I'm going to talk a lot more about autopilot in just a minute here as well. But first, I wanted to mention another trim option, another option coming back the long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3 is back. And it's got a higher EPA range rating, 325 miles, and a slightly quicker 0-60 to 60 time of 5 seconds flat. That starts at $43,000 now, and it is only available with the premium interior. And uh, guess what? You get... You're going to be getting a range boost. If you own a long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3, which, of course, were the f- 
the first the first number several thousand cars they produced many thousands of cars they produced were long range rear wheel drive cars you're getting a range boost uh which is pretty cool <laughs> your car your car gets physically better uh after having already owned it which is just amazing now uh, for the performance Model 3 folks, of which I count myself, we're getting something too. Uh, a, uh, an uncorking. A faster 0-60 to 60 time, 3.2 seconds coming via a firmware update, and a higher top speed. This, I'll, I'll, literally, I'll never see this, but uh, from 155 mile an hour top speed to 162 miles per hour. So... Yes, this is the uncorking. Now, if you remember, if your memory is elephant-like uh, as, as mine is when it comes to the Performance Model 3, Elon first mentioned this to me on Twitter long ago, way back in May, right after I'd first ordered my car when those, the first wave of performance orders were, were uh, offered. He had told me on Twitter that, hey, you know, he mentioned the specs and then said, well, we might be able to get a little more power out of that. And I've tried a couple of times to get an update on that from him. In fact, I had it listed in my questions to ask him for if and when my interview happens. I've now scratched it off because it has been definitively answered. Uh, it, is, it is happening. An uncorking, a software update. But it's not just for the performance cars. Everybody benefits. Check this out. Tesla says, quote, We are also excited to announce that we're implementing a number of firmware upgrades for both new and existing customers. These upgrades will increase the range of the long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3 to 325 miles from, of course, 310. Increase the top speed of the Model 3 performance to 162 miles an hour and add an average of approximately 5% peak power to all. Model 3 vehicles. So uh, that helps get the P3Ds, 0 to 60 time, down. Uh, and it's going to benefit everybody else as well. So I cannot, I have to channel my inner Tim Allen here. This is, oh, 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 more power. Yes. I, so I rewired it. <laughs> That's, that, is, uh, that is great stuff. That It's astounding to me when I think about how much just better my own car has gotten. Not, not just since the time I took delivery of it, but since the time I ordered it. A lot has changed, all of it for the better. Literally all of it for the better. My car has gotten so much better, and that, can, that applies. Many people's cars have gotten a lot better since they received them, but uh, this is just fantastic. And he, uh, if you're wondering, well, okay, when? When can I get the more power? It's going to be soon. Looks like it's going to be rolling out soon because Elon taking the Twitter and saying, uh, quote, should be about a 5% peak power increase with, a, with March 15th software release. Now, he was replying specifically to a 3D customer there, a dual motor long range customer, not a performance customer. But it sounds like that you know should be an across the board update as, the, as Tesla's own verbiage says. So... What's interesting to me is that the long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3 was already exceeding its EPA guidelines. If you remember back when it was first given its EPA mileage rating, the EPA tested it 
at about 335 miles, but Tesla asked them to lower it for, you know, for reasons we still don't know the in, entirely, whether it was to account for different size and style of wheels, you know, as instead of just the 18-inch arrows that are the crazy efficient ones, whether it was to not make it look so good against the Model S at the time, you know, maybe both. We don't know, but the fact is here, a Model 3 long range with 18-inch arrow wheels was already an unbelievably range-tastic machine. It appears that it is now going to get even better, which is simply insane uh, and, and just... I mean, that's got to make your day if you're a, if you're a long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3 owner. That's just unbelievable. Now, what's interesting about all of this, one of 6,000 interesting things that I took note of as I was pouring through all of this this week, is that last week, Tesla had three trims for the Model 3. Mid-range, long-range dual motor, and performance. That was it. Sure, there were variations within that, to, you know, black interior, black and white interior, this, that, the other thing. But now there are six, we went from three to six total variations of Model 3s. In addition to those three, we've got the standard range, the standard range plus, and the return of the aforementioned long range rear wheel drive. So... Uh, and that's, by the way, that's not including the two new interior trims, standard and partial premium. So a lot of variation being introduced all of a sudden into the Tesla Model 3 production line when Tesla has spent months and months and months streamlining it and really removing a lot of the variability of it. Uh, they've, they've now reversed course on that, and there's they're really... There are uh, dozens of ways you can configure a Model 3 now. It's, uh, it's pretty darn impressive. Now, the other big topic, the other big change this week was to autopilot. Not autopilot itself, but to the how autopilot is packaged. So I saw a lot of, I won't necessarily call it confusion, but a lot of, I think, maybe just... Uh, hot takes on this that were like, oh, autopilot's cheaper. What? I paid $5,000 for it. Yes, you did. I did as well. But uh, it's all sliced up differently now. So the $5,000 enhanced autopilot package is gone. And that was, of course, uh, augmented by the optional $3,000 full self-driving package for down the road. So now it's effectively uh, been switched where it's, there is a $3,000 base autopilot package. So again, note that it's not called enhanced autopilot. It's just called autopilot. And that is basically just your auto steer and your traffic aware cruise control, your core autopilot functions. This $3,000 autopilot does not include navigate on autopilot, auto park, or summon, soon to be advanced summon. None of that is in there. But it is your basic core autopilot functionality. 
And I tell you, I think that's super cool for $3,000 because, you know, we've seen Tesla uh, show some numbers that, and they very much believe that driving with the autopilot assistance is demonstrably safer. Well, now they are making that core autopilot functionality accessible to, to people at a lower price. So that I think is good. Now there's still, we're still waiting to hash out, well, what about people that just ordered? And there, you know, there's, there's a lot, it's still a little messy. In fact, Tesla promised today, Elon saying on Twitter that they would kind of clarify where everything, where everyone stands today. And as of recording time here at 10.07 p.m., on Friday night, it hasn't happened. So uh, I will get you that information on next week's show. But so you, the point is you've got your $3,000 core autopilot package. That's the base autopilot package. And then it's an additional $5,000. So you're still, it's still the same $8,000 for everything. If you order at the time of uh, ordering and not, and don't wait till after delivery. But the, the new secondary package is $5,000, and that includes enhanced autopilot, auto park. Or sorry, sorry, forget, not enhanced autopilot. That doesn't exist. And, sorry, navigate on autopilot, auto park, and the uh, incoming advanced summon, which appears to also be part of that March 15th update, uh, if I'm interpreting Elon correctly on that. So, uh, Again, you're still at $8,000. It's just a different way to get there. Now that, some of you may really not like that. You know, if you wanted Navigate on Autopilot, maybe you, you liked the $5,000 enhanced autopilot package the way it was, and, and you liked the idea of just tacking on the 3 k for the full self-driving if and when those features come around. So I can certainly understand if people are upset. Now, what else is interesting? Well, I guess I'll mention first the after purchase prices. So if you were to just buy, if you just wanted a $35,000 Model 3, you can do that. The autopilot, that core autopilot package, after delivery, you've had your car, maybe you save up some extra uh, coin and you decide, I want autopilot now. Well, that's gonna be $4,000 versus the $3,000 cost at the time of order. And then the full self-driving package, that again includes a lot of stuff now, that is $7,000 after delivery for a total of $11,000 if you order all of it after delivery. So just something to keep in mind there. Um, so yeah, really, it is more expensive for today's features, but the difference is once full self-driving stuff rolls in, uh, which I'll... That's a segue for just a second from now. When the when the full self-driving features start to roll in, you're already golden, whereas uh, someone like me has to pay either another four thousand, maybe another five thousand. That the after delivery price, uh, maybe because the, there's a bit of a wild card there. I'm going to tell you about shortly as well. Again, it's it's been a crazy week, so just bear with me. I'm uh, hope, hopefully I'm explaining this all reasonably clearly. Uh, so this next part is, com I would not have expected this, but this is very interesting right in the design studio now, right there as you're ordering a car, 
as if to help tempt you into ordering that full self-driving package right up front, Tesla says, quote, coming later this year, recognize and respond to traffic lights and stop signs and automatic driving on city streets. Underneath that, of course, they have their disclaimer. The currently enabled features require active driver supervision and do not make the vehicle autonomous. The activation and use of these features are dependent on achieving reliability far in excess of human drivers, as demonstrated by billions of miles of experience, as well as regulatory approval, which may take longer in some jurisdictions. As these self-driving features evolve, your car will be continuously upgraded through over-the-air software updates. There's your micro-machine man impression of the day. And that's <laughs> that's not probably not even half as fast as that guy talks. Anyway, uh, you know, so... Not that any of that is legally binding for Tesla in the sense of if they're saying that coming later this year, wow, you know, full self-driving features, urban autopilot features finally coming later this year, they're not legally bound to that, but uh, it's extraordinarily bold of them, I think, to put it right in the design studio like that. I mean, I hope we really do see those city street features, the sign reading, the traffic light reading. If we see that stuff this year, that's just going to be phenomenal. I mean, you heard how confident Elon was about that on the ARC podcast that I played you the clips of last week. But, you know, maybe Tesla's already working with regulators on this and they're ahead of the game. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like they need the billions of miles of validation first, which maybe means it might take a while with internal employee testing, which maybe that also includes external full self-driving tests with people under strict non-disclosure agreement. I'm not sure. But I have to say that I got excited about this. The fact that Tesla was willing to put right front and center on the order page for all three of their cars that recognizing and responding to traffic lights and stop signs and automatic driving on city streets would be coming later this year. It, it got me fired up and it tempted me. So I said, you know what? Let me just, I've never gone into my Tesla account to look at that, to look at the, the post delivery upgrade option for full self-driving. Let me log in there and see what's doing. Now, when I ordered my car, I was given the option at that point, because remember, I, I ordered in May of last year and, didn't, and took delivery in July. I was given the option to you know, do the $5,000 enhanced autopilot, which I took, and then I could have done the full self-driving pre-order for $3,000, which I declined, and it said at the time $4,000 if I did it after delivery. So I thought, okay, let me just go in there and take a look. So I log in last night, uh, which was, you know, the night all this happened. I logged in there, and when I got into my Tesla account and, and went into the autopilot upgrade, the full self-driving upgrade showed as being available for $3,000. So the, it, was, it was there for the pre-order price, the time of ordering price, not that $4,000 after delivery price that Tesla had said I'd be subject to if I waited. So, you know, I, this whole time I've been expecting, well, you know, when the day comes, I made the decision I was, and I was fine with it. When the day comes, if it's, you know, $4,000, you 
And I know I'm going to have to pay a little more, but I, I, I'm willing to do that because at the time, I didn't feel like full self-driving features seemed anywhere close. You know, there's still no guarantee that they're going to come this year, but if it's probably not going to be too much past this year. I would think it's they'll hit next year, if not this year. So when I saw that it was $3,000 in there, I have to say, I went ahead and jumped on it. It, it really hurt the credit card. <laughs> it was not, I, I'm not the kind of person to spend that kind of money on a whim, but the way I looked at it was everything was hectic that that day and just right now with Tesla with all these pricing changes and all this. And I didn't think I would ever get a better deal. I thought, well, $3,000 is probably going to be the best deal I'm going to get considering that I took delivery of my car back in July. Like, I can't imagine they're going to give me free full self-driving from owning my car for seven months already because, you know, it needs a new, it, it would, there's a hardware cost associated with full self-driving for me because I have a, a 2.5 car and, you know, you've got to swap it out for the, the 3.0 chip that's coming down the pipe. So I thought, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get a better deal than this. I also thought this could be a mistake. Maybe Tesla, maybe it is supposed to be $4,000. So I thought, you know what, why don't I just jump on this? Because uh, I, you know, even again, even if the, the features, those city features don't come in till next year, I fully intend on owning my Model 3 for many, many, many years. So, you know, I'm going to have it whenever. I plan to have it for whenever these features do finally roll out. So I thought, what the heck? And I went ahead and did it, and I, I took the 3000 bucks. So I, I feel fortunate that I was able to get it with no uh, post-delivery penalty fee, that I, you know, I was able to get it at the, at the original price. So if that is... If, if all of the logic I use to convince myself to do this, uh, if you're having the same thoughts, you might want to log into your Tesla account, click on manage of, for, ne next to the, the icon of your car with the VIN number, and then scroll down and you'll see under shop, you'll see autopilot upgrades. If you click in there, it'll take you to the, the, the location, the website you need to be. And uh, yeah, I'd be, you know, that, that's where you do it. If you're tempted, again, I don't know if this is a mistake. I don't know if it's temporary. I don't know. Um, and maybe I'll end up looking foolish if Tesla says, oh, okay, everybody with enhanced autopilot can have it for $2,000. You know, may maybe I'll end up looking bad on this. I don't know. But I felt good about it, so I went ahead and did it. And I got to say, I'm really excited. Um, now I'm super stoked to get the 3.0 chip, and hopefully later this year, be able to start watching my car do uh, full self-driving stuff. Granted, I'll have to you know monitor over it, as Tesla was careful to say, but watch it read traffic lights and stop signs, and that's going to be super, super cool. So that was uh, all the big autopilot stuff. Now, I wonder if all the cars now are going to be shipping with that autopilot 3 chip, you know, all, meaning all Teslas from here on out, and if, if that is, in fact, what's driving this package change. Uh, now, this was corroborated a bit. This theory is corroborated a bit by there were HW3 listings appearing in the Teslify app, which is an app that tracks cars and their version numbers and, and what they're up to. So we'll see. I mean, one way or the other, that 3.0 
chip is on the way pretty soon. We've we've gotten those updates from Tesla on the last couple of earnings calls. So uh, so there you go. Now Tesla's statement on all of this on what was a landmark day, February twenty eighth, two thousand and nineteen. Tesla saying, quote, to achieve these prices while remaining financially sustainable, Tesla is shifting sales worldwide to online only. You can now buy a Tesla in North America via your phone in about one minute, and that capability will soon be extended worldwide. We are also making it much easier to try out and return a Tesla so that a test drive prior to purchase isn't needed. You can now return a car within seven days or a thousand miles, for a full refund. Quite literally, you could buy a Tesla, drive several hundred miles for a weekend trip with friends, and then return it for free. With the highest consumer satisfaction score of any car on the road, we are confident you will want to keep your Model 3. Furthermore, Tesla says, shifting all sales online combined with other ongoing cost efficiencies will enable us to lower all vehicle prices by about 6% on average, allowing us to achieve the $35,000 Model 3 price point earlier than we expected. Over the next few months, we will be winding down many of our stores, with a small number of stores in high-traffic locations remaining as galleries, showcases, and Tesla information centers. The important thing for customers in the United States to understand is that with online sales, anyone in any state can quickly and easily buy a Tesla. At the same time, we will be increasing our investment in the Tesla service system with the goal of same-day, if not same-hour service, and with most service done by us coming to you rather than you coming to us. Moreover, we guarantee service availability anywhere in any countries in which we operate. End quote. Well, let me talk about the bad news first here. I, I personally think, and you are welcome to disagree, there is certainly a case to be made on either side. But I believe that closing down many of the stores is a mistake. The electric vehicle education that the stores provide is absolutely invaluable when you are trying to get people to make that leap of faith away from an internal combustion engine vehicle and to an EV. So my fear here, I I hope that this move doesn't turn out to be a bad decision. I hope it's not a long-term bad decision just to have a short-term good decision of having the standard battery version of the car available sooner. And furthermore, I mean, quite that's nothing. That's nothing uh, against the wonderful Tesla store employees that are going to be losing their jobs in all this. I mean, Tesla has suffered a number of layoffs multiple times over the past year, twice. There, you know, there were two rounds of layoffs over the past year. More, another round is not good. I mean, that's not good. So my heart goes out to, to any of those affected. Now, that stuff aside, the model through the product stuff specifically with the standard model three. There is no doubt that this is a big, big day for Tesla as a whole. Huge day. I did not think the $35,000 car was going to happen this soon. You've heard me talk about it on recent podcasts. I, I really thought it was looking like a second half of the year kind of thing. So 
Again, I'm really happy for those day one reservation holders who've been waiting almost three years to the day for the $35,000 car. In fact, a lot of those people who go ahead and finally get to put in their orders now will end up taking delivery of their car almost three years to the day after they waited over, you know, they waited in line to put their reservation down. That is a long, long wait, and uh, I'm just so happy for those people and that they're going to get the half tax credit rather than the quarter credit, which, again, it sure looked like was going to be the case. And, and And I'm also very happy for the thousands upon thousands, hopefully millions, of new electric car owners that this $35,000 price point that's finally been achieved should bring in to the the EV tent, to the Tesla tent. So remember, this car, not the Model 3 itself, but specifically the $35,000 more affordable Model 3 has been the primary goal, not the mission, but the primary goal of Tesla since its inception was to build a mass-produced, mass-market, affordable, good, long-range electric car. And now they have finally done that. The company, the entire company's history led to achieving this moment this week. So the folks at Tesla, I hope, I hope you don't lose sight of that. That is momentous. That is worth celebrating. That is a triumph. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, and just again, kind of to, as you know, I like to say, what's the 10,000 foot view? Well, I want to just use myself as an example. Now, I know a lot of people are uh, upset at the price drops. And yes, because uh, if, if, you, if you took delivery in 2018 or re- super recently, 20, if you took delivery this year, like if you've got a, if you had a January or February delivery, yeah, you're, you're smarting a little bit. Uh, the pro the price drops. It's that's I do feel for you, but if you if you're a 2018 delivery, even a late 2018 delivery, you did get the $7,500 full tax credit. So there's that to keep in mind. But you know, it is true the the prices went down. Uh, some you know that leaves some people feeling burned. But the fact is. You know, Tesla does change prices on the fly. We've seen it before. It's in their history. Now, I'm not going to excuse it, and I'm not going to say that you don't have a right to be upset or frustrated. I mean, my exact configuration dropped $5,000 in like two months. So I, I've been there myself. Now, I'm super happy with my car and the features that I paid for, but I, I, just, I did want to just real quick illustrate just... In the seven months, so it's been seven months since I took delivery, and uh, I guess 10, let's see, yeah, 10 since I ordered it. In, the, in that time, my car, uh, as I originally ordered it, was $82,000. Here's what it now has since I've ordered it. Well, it has a lower price tag. It was about $6,500 less. And then there's the 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 there was the five thousand uh, dollar reduction on top of that. It's got the red brake calipers, the aluminum pedals, the bigger brakes, 
My zero to 60 time has gone from 3.5 seconds to 3.2 seconds. The top speed's gone up from 155 to 162. Sentry modes have been added, or I haven't gotten it yet, but it'll be added anytime now. Navigate on autopilot, including the lack of confirmation needed, which I'm, I think I'm a little scared to try, but it's coming. Uh, navigate on autopilot's been added. Walk away lock confirmation with a horn honk's been added. Uh, GPS tagged auto folding mirrors are part of uh, one of the next immediate updates. And probably even more stuff that I'm forgetting. I mean, my, my personal, my car, uh, and probably all of yours too, in, to varying degrees, has gotten not just better, but like so much better since, not just since I took delivery of it, but since I ordered it. I mean, it's, it's just wild. This, this has never happened and probably would never happen with any other car company, and it's just insane. Now, the Model S and X are not to be left out of this either, as they get a big change as well. For Model S, the standard battery, under the new naming convention, is back. It's back. Uh, it's 270-mile range car for $79,000 base price on the Model S. Uh, and the long range remains 335 miles, so seemingly still that 100 kilowatt hour battery pack. But that long range is now just $83,000. That is a huge drop uh, over what it was just very briefly there when there was the the base Model S, the long range for, of 310, and the extended range of 335 miles that had a like $8,000 price delta between them, which seemed absurd. And so now you've got a standard battery Model S. I wonder if that's if the same, uh, if, if that's a 75D once again, that they've managed to eke a little bit more mileage out of, because that was a 259 or 260 mile EPA range rating on the, on the 75D, and now this one is 270. But So you've got a 270 mile standard Model S, and then that 335 mile long range, but only it's only four thousand dollars difference between those two cars, for 65 miles difference in range. That is a crazy, crazy amount. It's a huge difference. I mean, that is that is more than 20 percent. Uh, well, more in fact. Uh, so that to me that seems like a no brainer. If you're if you're ordering a Model S the long range now feels like a no-brainer relative to the standard battery for just $4,000 more. And then on the Model X, there is no standard battery for that. I think, you know, they, they want to keep the premium vehicle, you know, the X is bigger, it's heavier, so it's, it's efficiency, its range is not quite as good on the same uh, battery pack. So they are not offering a standard range Model X, at least for now. You've just got the long range that's $88,000 or the performance, uh, which is $104,000, if I remember correctly. I actually somehow forgot to write that one down, but I think I'm remembering that right. Now, as to uh, one other thing I wanted to call it, I did read it. I read it to you, but just, just wanted to reiterate that new return policy because that is updated. That has changed. Tesla saying, if you haven't test driven the car, you can return it within seven days or 1,000 miles, whichever comes first. And again, that's just Tesla being very, very confident that you're going to like the car. I, I do uh, think test drives are critical 
and I hope that there will be a way that test drives can live on because that has always been the secret, I think, to getting people into a Tesla. You can explain everything to, to, the, to people about a Tesla. Oh, it's, you know, it's cheaper to operate, it's this, it's that, but it's driving it. When you get in that car, that's what instantaneously, just, just like that, you are, you are hooked. You get it when you drive a Tesla. I've, I've told you my origin story before of when I got to drive the original Roadster in 2009. That was it. That was the light bulb moment. The light bulb went off and it was like, oh my goodness, this is how we should be doing this. And uh, Tesla has always been very generous about test drives, even back in the original Roadster days, because they knew. They knew it too. They knew that the way to convince people was to physically show them. So I hope the store thing isn't going to prove to be a mistake either in the short term or the long term. But um, that aside, this the arrival of the standard battery is just incredible, and I'm I'm so happy for Tesla themselves. But again, I'm I'm most happy for the long waiting reservation holders, and to and to again all the new customers that now can see $35,000 and go, you know what? I'm ready to jump in. I mean, if if you're in California or a state with comparably good state-level electric vehicle incentives, California has a $2,500 cash rebate. So, you know, from now until through June 30th, so we've got uh, March, April, May, so the next four months, the next four months, if you buy... uh, the base $35,000 Model 3, you're getting the safest car on the planet, the single safest car in the world that has a very, very low cost of operation because of the, of course, the electricity that it runs on. And if you, especially if you do a, a, uh, an EV rate plan in your home, if you're, if your provider offers that or, Better if you even have if you have solar panels, more power to you, literally and figuratively. But uh, from just financially, you've got thirty five thousand dollar base model three. Yeah, there's a twelve hundred dollar destination and delivery charge that you can't get out of. But all right, so th- and that's on every every Tesla and basically every car in the world really has that. But you've got that, and then you've got your sales tax, but. You've got a $3,750 federal tax credit. And again, if you're in California or a state like it, maybe $2,500 or in that vicinity, depending on your state of a, of a state level rebate. So potentially you can get in, you know, I guess with the sales tax, maybe you're still above 30000 but not far, you know, not too far from that. You know, you're right around the $30,000 mark, which is just amazing. Uh, it's just just wonderful. So that was the Tesla news for the week. It was, that was the Megaton story. There's really nothing else to discuss but that. But as you heard there, hopefully you, d- you didn't find me rambling for too long. There was just a lot of ground to cover. There was so much to go over there. Uh, and, and that is that. So I do have a bunch of calls lined up in the Ride the Lightning hotline uh, right after this if you stick with me. So let's do that.
time for the Ride the Lightning hotline. Now, I expect many of you will have reactions one way or the other to the standard battery news, the autopilot news, the stores closing news, all that stuff from this week. So I invite you, I encourage you to call in. Uh, please try to keep your call to one minute, one and a half minutes top, 60 to 90 seconds is, is perfect. And you can call in in one of two easy ways. Either you can use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and just record something right into your phone and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just call and leave a message anytime on the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline. And that number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake if you'd like to visit to if you'd like to learn more, visit lifeonrecord.com. First up this week is Jared from Seattle, uh, who calls in about when I was wondering about snow chains last week and if putting summer tires, putting snow chains over summer tires is is a bad idea. Uh, here's Jared to help educate me on that. First of all, when you said good news about your car on the latest episode. I was uh, excited, hopefully, to hear about your windshield, because I don't think you had responded to the latest with your windshield, um, but instead it was the spoiler. Either way, I'm excited for you, but uh, I also hope you got your windshield fixed finally. Um, and forgive me if you had mentioned that in a previous episode and I missed it. Uh, I wanted to comment on your snow tire chains question. Um, you are totally right that summer tires are not a good idea in the snow, and if you had to choose between chains and a set of winter tires, winter tires would be a better option. Um, but chains will make an enormous difference. So if you if the alternative is nothing and sticking with the summer tires or summer tires and chains, and you're heading up to the mountains or snow attacks you, um, the chains are a lot better than nothing, and it will be a significant improvement. But if you had to choose, I would choose snow tires over chains. They make just an enormous difference on snow slush, um, even some ice, depending on how icy and how steep the, uh, the road is. All right. Thanks for everything you do. And I hope everyone is having a great week. Jared, I sincerely appreciate your call. You've taught me something, which I always appreciate, particularly when it's in a Tesla context. Uh, thank you for that excellent explanation. And stay tuned later in the show, towards the end of the show, for the conclusion of my windshield saga which got a bit weird, or I guess weirder than it had already been. Christy from the South Bay is up next, commenting on my new spoiler on the Performance Model 3. Christy, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Christy from the South Bay here. Uh, I just wanted to comment on your spoiler. I know you just got it installed, which is super exciting. And you had mentioned in one of the previous episodes that uh, you thought it was just for looks, but that's actually not true. It does have a performance impact. Um, you usually don't see that until you're driving at much higher speeds, but nonetheless, uh, there are some um, significant uh, aerodynamics development that go into the designing of that spoiler. So um, great opportunity to test that out would be at 
uh, racetrack. Um, so I did want to invite you or any of your listeners, if, if people are interested, check out the Tesla Corsa website, um, C-O-R-S-A. They put on some really fun events like the one I mentioned before when I called in. Um, they're having another one at the Buttonwillow Racetrack, which is like Central California area, and it's going to be March 31st. So signups should be opening for that soon. So if you Google the Tesla Corsa website, you can check it out. And um, even if you're not comfortable driving your car on the track, you can go and just meet other owners and um, hang out and have a, a fun day out there observing. So definitely recommend that to anybody who is interested. Um, one other comment I want to make, um, you mentioned that you saw the Michelin PS4S tires with chains on the Tesla website, and you are totally right on that one. Um, those are swimmer tires that are not designed to be driven near or below freezing temperatures. I was just looking at the um, information on the Tire Rack website, um, and Michelin specifically states that those shouldn't be driven in snow or ice, so not sure why Tesla would have those in the picture, if not just for the ease of that's the stock tire that comes on the car. But um, I wouldn't recommend anyone putting those tires um, with chains in the snow for safety and for the uh, durability of the tire. So good catch on that one, Ryan. Talk to you soon. Bye. Now, Christy, if you don't remember, had previously called in about track mode and her hands-on experience with that. So she knows what she's talking about when it comes to performance driving. Well, I'm, I'll tell you, I'm glad to hear that my spoiler is uh, more than just looks, even if 99% of the time, it'll probably be, for all intents and purposes, mostly about looks. But uh, thank you, by the way, for the information about the Tesla Corsa group as well. I did join the group, and one of these days... I do want to do an event. I appreciate you mentioning that Button Willow event coming up at the end of the month. There are probably some people listening to this podcast right now that would love to attend. So go have fun, folks. That'll be great. Ben from Southern California, a longtime listener, first-time caller, is up next and wants to talk about Sentry Mode. Ben, go ahead. Hello, Ryan. This is Ben from Southern California, obligatory longtime listener, first-time caller. I wanted to comment on Sentry Mode. I have a Model 3. I love it. I'm very excited for Sentry Mode, but I don't believe it's going to keep things in my trunk safe. I also am kind of flabbergasted at Tesla's suggestion to fold down your seats each time you get out of the car. I have two car seats back there. That's there, There's no way that's going to happen. To me, the real fix is to redesign the latch mechanism so you can only fold down the seats from inside the trunk. And I believe that's how normal cars are too, anyway. Looking forward to your thoughts. Thanks. Well, Ben, you will not hear me disagree with you. I I agree. I sincerely hope the latch is being redesigned. In fact, it's on my list of questions to ask Elon for that uh, interview at some point. I do think sentry mode will help, but I wonder if its benefit will almost be primarily an indirect benefit. What I, what I mean by that is that you know, I don't think sentry mode itself will prevent break-ins necessarily, but with the loud music and the camera recordings, my thinking and my hope is that eventually area by area, especially up here in the Bay Area where Teslas are pretty numerous, as are the break-ins, that the word will start to spread among the thieves that the S's and the threes will draw attention to you with the loud music and the recordings if you smash that rear quarter window so that hopefully the idea of sentry mode, its reputation will be as much of a deterrent as sentry mode itself. And if that seat back release latch 
does get relocated, then I think in time, those cars are going to become the majority of the Teslas out there. You know, it takes some time, but as production continues, that's just how it'll go. And our cars with the more vulnerable latch placement will be in the minority. And so hopefully in time, the thieves will just assume that all the Teslas have the sentry mode and have their seat back release in an inaccessible place. And, you know, it by and large, they'll start to leave us alone. That's my hope. Brian from Pennsylvania is next and has an all-wheel drive tire question. Brian, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Brian from Wapwallapen. Question about all-wheel drive versus rear-wheel drive. I have been told by mechanics and whatnot that an all-wheel drive vehicle, the tires on some all-wheel drive vehicles must be the same. Same tread, same tire, same tread depth, and if you blow a tire, destroy a tire, whatever happens, you can't just put a new tire on of the same brand, same tread design. You have to replace all four tires. I am trying to find out if that is a true statement with an all-wheel drive Tesla, especially Model 3, as that is the vehicle I plan to get. Any insight on that would be stellar. Thanks. Brian, I have to admit to you that I was not familiar with this concept, but in looking it up, it apparently is a thing, at least in the ICE world. I don't actually know if it applies to Teslas as well, because, you know, you've got the traction control and all-wheel drive system is millisecond level precise in a, uh, in a Tesla that could potentially compensate for the different tread or, or spin rate on a tire. And I'll tell you, in searching around Tesla forums, I couldn't find anything about it being an issue. So it doesn't seem like it's something to worry about, but I can't say it with 100% un, uh, uncertainty. I can't say it with 100% certainty as of now. Uh, but yeah, good food for thought there. Gary from Chicago responding to uh, the call from last week about polar vortex and driving through one. Gary, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Gary from Chicago calling in again. Um, calling after your latest episode when the gentleman called in from Boston about during the polar vortex and autopilot. And it reminded me of a conversation I had with a coworker who had recently gotten her Model 3. Um, she was complaining about charge times, and I found out that she was still using the regular 110, you know, plug that we use for our phones and laptops. And I explained to her that she really is missing out on the luxury of, you know, properly charging with the 220 plug or even the Tesla uh, at-home connector. Um, I think I got through to her, and uh, I hope she's going to be making the change. And it gave me the opportunity to come here and hopefully put out a PSA to any future Tesla owners or Tesla enthusiasts who are considering an electric car in general, um, make sure you have, you know, proper charging set up. Um, it can be a downer for people who are all excited about EVs but still treat it sort of like a regular gas car and not get any proper charging set up. You know, why would you get a, uh, a gas car and expect to put diesel in it, right? Um, but yeah, get proper charging set up, at least 220, which is sort of like the dryer plug, um, or the Tesla or at-home connector. Um, call any Tesla rep. They'll be able to get you the right um, papers to give to your uh, electrician for this. Ryan, thank you so much for this podcast. It really is 
one of the best parts of my week getting to uh, to listen to the latest Tesla news and hear from the other Tesla fans and enthusiasts. Uh, thank you and have a great day. Bye. Thank you, Gary. I really appreciate your kind words there. As to your call, this is one of those things that might sound obvious, and maybe it is, but it's important, so it's good to mention. If people happen to talk to someone in a Tesla store and then order, then this is a likely question that they asked or at least got information on. But plenty of people hear about the car or ride in a friend's or a neighbor's and maybe they don't think about it. So yeah, it's a good PSA to make sure that you've got an at-home charging solution. When I took delivery of my car, Tesla included a printout, a handout, that had some general information stuff in it, including some information about charging in there. Now, um, I have no idea how consistent that is across the board or if Tesla's even still doing that. What I can definitively say is that Tesla generally recommends a NEMA 14-50 outlet, which, as I've said before, but I'm happy to mention again, costs me about 300 bucks to have an electrician install it and another couple hundred in permits. But that price can vary pretty greatly depending on where you live. I'm in the insane economic uh, maelstrom known as the San Francisco Bay Area. It also, uh, you know, it's affected by how far away from your electrical panel that your NEMA 1450 outlet's going to get installed and more. So uh, to anyone out there, if you're ever getting questions from someone interested in Tesla and you either can't remember something or would just rather not go through it all, uh, please do feel free to point them to the Tesla Beginner's Guide podcast that I made a few months back that covers a lot of those basic kind of questions. Raphael from Connecticut responds to the person who was curious about washing your car with ceramic coating as well as uh, Apple Watch stuff. So, Raphael, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Raphael from Connecticut. I'm responding to two uh, listener questions, one about ceramic coating and car washes and the other about using your Apple Watch to control your Tesla. I'm currently in my Model 3 with a ceramic coating at a car wash here in Connecticut. I've had ceramic coatings on my uh, cars, different cars, since 2013. And I go to what's called a touchless car wash. The uh, listeners should Google touchless car wash and find one uh, in their neighborhood. They're car wash where no brushes or people or towels or anything touches your car. You just sit in a... Uh, in the car wash and it sprays soap and um, just basic, I don't buy any of the fancy stuff, just basic uh, soap and water at uh, high pressure and it cleans your car terrifically with the ceramic coating. And then you drive through a dryer and it dries you. Sometimes I bring a microfiber cloth to dab with little places here and there. But all it is is a nice big wash and the car gets clean. Uh, secondly, about using your Apple Watch, I can warm up my car, lock the doors, unlock the doors, open the trunk, open the front, all with my Apple Watch. And there's two apps that you can do that I know about for iOS. One is called Remote S and the other is called Stats. And it leverages uh, Siri shortcuts. So uh, check those out. Um, and that should answer the question. So thanks for your podcast. Say hello to uh, Daisy. Uh, my dog Ringo is a big fan of Daisy. Uh, have a good day. Bye. Nothing to add to that one. Great stuff there, Raphael. Thank you very much for that informative call. Anthony, another first-time caller, long-time listener, 
calling in. Uh, doesn't have a Tesla yet and is looking for some advice. Anthony, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Anthony, first-time caller, long-time listener. I hope you and your Model 3 are doing really well together. I had a question. I am not a current Tesla owner, sadly. I am driving a Toyota. But I was wondering, we have been in the market um, looking towards a new Tesla. I'm leaning actually between a used and new, so I'm calling for your opinion. Should I get a brand-new 2019 Tesla 75D, or should I get a used 2016 P100D that has Autopilot 2.0. The reason why I'm picking between those two, besides the performance option, is the sense that the 2016, it does have free lifetime supercharging. One I'm looking at is $89,000 for the P100D, and the 75D is around $75,000. So I just want your insight. Which one do you think I should personally go for? Thank you. Anthony, I am very happy to help clarify everything for you here. Now, before I give you my opinion, let me remind you that the price gap is actually even more than what it looks like, because if you act soon, you'd still get the $3,750 federal tax credit on the new 75D, or as it is now the standard standard battery model S, which you would not get on the used P100D. So bear that in mind. Now, that being said, If you can swing the almost $20,000 price gap, again, factoring that tax credit in there, I would probably go with the 2016 P100D. The performance is obviously completely off the charts, but it's the range. The range is going to be significantly better. Then again, I just want to make clear here, I don't know what that $20,000 means to you. You know, are you planning to keep the car for many, many years? Might you just trade it in for a Model Y or a newer S in a few years? You know, in one of those cases, if it's a short-term situation for you, it might be better to save that $20,000 towards the next one and take the 75D. So I don't know, you know, as I always like to say in, in uh, with calls like this, the good news is that either decision is a good one. You can't go wrong. You're going to get a great car. You just need to make sure that you're clear on all of the pros and cons of either choice. Good luck to you, Anthony. Final call this week comes from Matt down in San Diego uh, with a, a very interesting food for thought kind of question. Matt, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, it's Matt calling from San Diego. I'm curious if we've seen any deliveries take place of the Model S or Model X since they uh, redid the naming schemes. I'm really curious if the Model S and Model X are now going to be blank, very minimalist, like the Model 3 on the back, or if they've changed the badging uh, since they restructured a few weeks ago. Uh, So curious if you could follow up on this. Look forward to hearing your answer. Thanks, Ryan. Keep up the good work. Well, good question, Matt. Not that I have seen either in person or on Reddit or Tesla community sites. I made note of the exact same thing when the change was announced. I think I talked about it on the podcast. You can't see the backs of the cars in the design studio to see if there's even a rendering of a badge or not. But we should find out soon enough. Good question, though, Matt. And again, uh, the invitation is open to everyone. If you want to talk Tesla, you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic, I would love to hear from you. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and send me a 60 to 90 second call uh, to the email address 
teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave that same 60 to 90 second question uh, on the Ride the Lightning hotline. The number there, toll free, 1-888-989-8752. I'll be right back with the tip of the week, and I'll tell you about my windshield story as well right after this. Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's been a very, very busy Tesla week and an eventful Tesla week for me. Uh, I really love my spoiler and badge. It's just such nice, you know, it's just a, it's a subtle carbon fiber spoiler off the back of the car there, uh, right along that trunk edge. I like it and I like the badge too. I know the badge is in particular is pretty polarizing for people. Do I think it's the greatest badge? No, not necessarily. No dual motor. Like, okay, you know, not not the best. I told you my idea, I think, way back, which is, you know, it could have been the the old school Model 3 logo, the three horizontal lines, and the bottom line could have been, uh, like, the three of them could have been a standard bat or a long range, the, the and a black bottom bar could have been for dual motor, and a red bottom bar could have been for... The performance. But anyway, I do like the badge and I very much like the spoiler. So I'm super happy with the look of the car. In fact, it's weird. I basically, I finished my car this week because I was waiting for seven months for my spoiler and the badge. And then the one option I didn't buy was uh, full self-driving. And I did that this week too. So I maxed out the car this week, but uh, real quick, the, I'll try to make this fast because it's just bizarre. The windshield saga. Well, I'll tell you that the long story short, I guess, is uh, because I told you part of this already. Well, it had been another couple few weeks since I'd heard from the glass company after they called me and said, oh, you know, we're waiting on it, this and that. But again, I'd said that there seemed it seemed like there was a windshield waiting for me with, you know, with my VIN on it in at one of the service centers. But these guys like had their own supplier or whatnot. So it's it's all just odd. And I, I let it go for a while. But You know, enough time went by where I kind of got fed up and I just, this, just every day, this crack right across my driver's eye line. So I sent in some inquiries to Tesla. They, they looked it up and they saw that there was, there was no windshield ordered in my, for my VIN number, which just seemed odd because when I placed the initial order for the windshield with, it was a three-way call. I had my insurance people on the phone because, you know, I filed an insurance claim here. Uh, California is not, there's not like a free, you know, automatic glass coverage. So I had my deductible. So I did it through my insurance company and three-way call, get on the line with the Tesla recommended glass shop. So they, and they took my, my VIN number, my, the last six digits of my VIN so that presumably that they could take that to Tesla and order it and say it's for this car and this customer. So anyway, it, the Tesla's record showed that there was no windshield ordered for me. And I got a very nice email later that day from a, a customer support person at Tesla that just said, hey, listen, we're looking into, we understand that you're having some difficulty getting your windshield replaced. We're looking into this for you. Uh, and I just, I wrote back, saying th- just thank you for advocating for me on this. You know, I don't know if there's anything weird going on with the glass people themselves, if this is just a, a 
honest mistake, if it's if it, if it is a supply issue from Tesla, I don't know. You know, I wasn't necessarily looking to throw anybody under the bus. I was definitely I will say I was definitely very frustrated with the lack of communication, the lack of reciprocated communication from the glass people. It's like, hey, I understand that they're running a business, that they're busy people, but you know, leaving customers just totally hanging, especially again, as I told you the first time with this, after I had come to them and said, hey, I tracked down a windshield for myself and it's at the service center. And then they ghosted me. So, you know, I was, I was put off by that and then not hearing from them again after a while. So I just have to say the, the ultimate resolution of the story is I got a phone call from the Dublin Service Center for Tesla, which is about an hour from San Francisco. It's, it's not close. It's in the way like the East, East, East Bay. It's not close, but I got a call from them and they said, if you can bring your car by, we're going to do, we'll take care of your windshield. We'll, we'll do it. Um, which, you know, Tesla's said they're not doing windshields. They're not doing glass anymore because of just the volume of it. And so that, that was completely unexpected. And I said, boy, thank you so much. I, I was able to leave work a little early and get over there just before close through some torturous <laughs> Bay Bridge traffic. But that's another story. And, uh, and yeah, they really, I, they took, they gave me a Model S loaner to, to drive back home for the night. Cause it was a long, you know, so it was an hour plus to get home and, um, yeah. And, and the next day it was done and they called me and I, and I went back at the end of the next business day and, and got my car and took care, you know, just, uh, cleared every, you know, settled up with, with them. And, and I have to say that again, I, I'm not going to name the glass company because, I don't actually know their side of the story. I mean, I know that they were ghosting me. That I'm not happy about. Uh, but I don't know what their deal was. Of course, by the way, the next day after I picked up my car, so the next day, of course, I got a call from them finally that said, hi, this is so-and-so from so-and-so Glass. We've got your windshield. And a whole like a whole bunch of them showed up for customers. They're ready to go. And I just I took the high road. I just politely... I, I didn't want to get into it with the guy and get, I just said, well, you know what? I was able, Tesla got me taken care of. Thank you very much. I'm sure you'll find that windshield a good home given, given the volume of Teslas in the Bay area. And that was that. So I let it go, but yeah, the whole thing was odd. I'm, I'm not sure what the deal was with the glass place. Again, I'd looked them up and they have all this, all five-star reviews from a ton of different of Tesla customers on their Yelp page. So you know, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I wasn't happy with ultimately how it went. Um, you know, whether whether there was mistakes made on their part beyond just not keeping me appraised of apprised of what's going on, or or whether the mistakes ran deeper than that, I don't know. But um, I'm just happy it's done, and I just cannot thank Tesla themselves enough. For, for making this right for a customer because, you, you know, that they just reached out and they were very proactive. I didn't say, like, I didn't demand, you guys need to fix this. I didn't say that. I just said, hey, can you guys help me deal with this? Like, I can't, you know, um, I can't get a windshield here. And they took it upon themselves to get the job done. And, you know, I don't know why they had me go out to Dublin. Not that I'm, again, not that I'm complaining. You know, maybe they had the windshield itself there. Maybe they had a, a piece of glass there. Maybe they had a technician that had experience doing glass there. Maybe both. I'm not sure, but I'm just very grateful to Tesla and the, and the Dublin uh, service center team in particular 
So uh, thanks to 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 everybody there uh, and and the folks at Tesla Corporate that had reached out and and kind of gotten the ball rolling on it too. So a very 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 positive Tesla experience. Some definitely lemonade out of lemons on that one, and I just want to to uh, give the proper shout out that I I was uh, ended up being a very very happy customer at the end of the day. So now I'm I'm happy. My car's had a giant crack in the glass for. Well, gosh, yeah, it was two months. It was like exactly two months, and now that is finally squared up. So, yay. Before I go, uh, before I get to the plugs, here's a quick tip of the week. Michael from Yorba Linda, a two-for-one on his tips right here. Hello, Ryan. This is Michael from Yorba Linda. I have a couple of pro tips here for you regarding a couple things on the Model 3 touchscreen. First, the media window or media app. When it's visible on the screen, it has this little gray bar on the very top of it that you can press and hold to drag the window up and down. It has three positions, um, minimized, middle, almost full screen, and you can take that gray bar and just move it to where you want it to be. But sometimes it can be a little hard to do that if you're driving. Uh, it's not very precise. If you press it and happen to hit the wrong place, you might hit a different button or not get it all. And even when you are dragging it, you can drag it to a spot and not move far enough. And so it snaps back down to where you originally try, uh, tried to pull it from. So I ran across this a couple weeks ago. If you just tap the album art, it will snap to the next position. So if it's minimized and you tap the album art, it'll snap to the middle position, tap it again, it'll go to the maximum position, tap it again, it'll snap back down to the min minimum. So it's a lot easier to hit that album art. It's a lot bigger uh, area, and it's and easy to not hit something else around it. So much faster just tap that and move it to the size that you want it on the screen. Next is something they added in uh, one of these latest revisions of version 9 software. Uh, on the temperature control or the volume control, there's a couple arrows on either side of those. And you can tap on the arrow to lower your temperature or raise it or tap uh, the arrow to lower the volume or uh, raise it up. But now you can also, if you tap and hold and then slide your finger across, left or right, that brings up the slider bar and you can also move it that way. So you can go up more than just one increment of these at a time and it makes it easier just to you know jump up quite a few degrees or jump up quite a bit on the volume without having to keep tapping it over and over and over again. So uh, a, lot, uh, a lot simpler and just a, a nice way of being able to do that. These both are on the Model S as well, uh, but they're not quite as good. Unfortunately, the album art trick on the media window only does two positions. It doesn't do all three. And uh, on the temperature and volume control, you go up and down instead of side to side, but they seem to they'll go up much faster. They'll, they'll uh, raise the volume or temperature much faster um, if you go too far. So it can be a little less precise when, if you're not paying attention. So not as easy, but still more helpful. And as always, thank you, Ryan, for what you do. Those are great. Thank you very much, Michael. And uh, to the rest of you, if you've got a pro tip that you've discovered about your Tesla that you want to share with the community here, I would love to hear it. Send a short recorded message to, again, either the Ride the Lightning hotline with the, at the number I gave you earlier or the, you know, record something on your smartphone at the email address that I gave you earlier. All right, that wraps it up for the week. Uh, I want to mention the Patreon. If you enjoy what I do here and you'd like to support it uh, beyond just listening to it, again, it's, it's always optional. 
There's there's no uh, nothing's walled off. The show will always be here for you every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. But if you do uh, see it in your heart to to support me on Patreon, you can do that. Find the information for it on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you are in the market for some Tesla accessories for either you and or your car, you can find a whole bunch of that stuff at abstractocean.com and use the coupon code RTL podcast. All one word there. RTL podcast at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Immaculate Reflections is uh, just a wonderful, wonderful detailer here in the Bay Area. If you either live in Northern California or you plan to take delivery here in Northern California and you'd like to uh, enact the services of Immaculate Reflections, either paint correction, paint protection film, ceramic coating, all of those, some of those, something else, check them out at irdetailing.com. Com. You can also find them on Yelp or Instagram at immaculate underscore reflections on those domains as well. Follow me on Twitter if you're interested there. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. Same thing on Instagram, DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, if you're buying one of the, uh, they got the, again, the second generation, the new Jada wireless charging pad for the Model 3, for those of you with Qi compatible wireless charging mobile phones. I uh, don't have a discount, but the Jada folks have given me a, uh, a referral link, so they'll throw me a few bucks if you order it through this link. So if you are going to buy one, I'd certainly appreciate if you used this URL, which is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. Jada spelled J-E-D-A. And of course, subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. You can do that on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, YouTube, or the podcast hosting site, teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Reminder that subscribing is not a money thing with a podcast subscription. It's just a, this will download to you automatically without you having to go get it thing. So do check that out. And then, uh, of course, I want to end with a huge thank you, as I do every week, to the Patreon producers, the kind folks supporting me at the producer tier on my Patreon there. Our newest Patreon producer, thank you to Rob Brewer. Thanks so much, Rob. In addition to Rob, there's Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, another Jeremy, Josh, we got Tyler Van Gorder, Blake Wiley, Daniel Grummer, Michael Waddle, Luxendary.com, Dorian Steve Guberman, Joel Sapp, Lyle Austin, Bill Royko, Brian Hope, Jerry and Mary Smith, Gabriel Salaise, David Nondahl, Eric Randolph, Luke A., Ulrich Lassa, David Vakil, Rome Strack, Peter Chalet, Lars Hoffman, Lee Sweet, Marcus Mayenschein, Tim Hyde, Emotion Rentals, Jason Chalukas, Robert Maracle, Michael Lester, Matthew Parra, Logan Willis, Alexi Heft, Jonathan Wales, David Brander, George Cassiopo, Wolfgang Obergen, Pete White, DJ Harbaugh, and Paul Hussey. Thank you all very, very much for your continued support. I do uh, really value it. It's, it's uh, what really enables me to justify the time and energy that goes into this. Uh, thanks to all of you. Whether, you, whether you're at the 
producer tier or any tier on the Patreon. That's that's really the 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 backbone of this whole thing as far as uh, what I get out of it. All right, my friends, that'll do it for a uh, fairly long episode, I think, here. I, I talked, I think the 50-minute the main segment, I think that's the longest I've ever consecutively talked. Like, without, there were no, I did not press stop, I did not press pause. That was one, that was a single take. You know, I've done 30 minutes plenty of times before. That was a 50-minute uh, spiel about all the standard battery stuff and the autopilot stuff. It was, it's, it was huge, though, man. What a huge week for Tesla. A great week, mostly. Um, and ho- hopefully it will ultimately bear out to be a wonderful thing. Hopefully we're going to look back on this in, you know, five years from now, ten years from now. as like, yeah, they that's they finally did it, and that was a big part of the catalyst that really got things going in, a, in an extra significant way. So for a now... Curled up and sleeping, Daisy the Boxer Puppy. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you all so much for generously giving me so much of your time each and every week. Happy electric motoring to you, and I'll see you back here next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it's maximum fun. <laughs>